I'm Kelly J. Grace, and welcome to Divine Connections. You're listening to Episode 29. This is a podcast about connecting divine truth, God's Word, to your everyday life. You've probably already figured out that it's not enough to simply read your Bible. You've got to find a way to let it get inside and work its truth deep down into your thoughts and feelings and decisions. It has to gain access and then control you as you go about your life. It has to shape you and mold you into the image of Jesus. As his follower, you want to be like him. And that means you want to let his truth trickle all the way down into your everyday life and relationships. Well, for the next seven episodes, we'll be talking about relationships. The seven relationships that are common to most of us as Christian women. You know, God designed us for relationship with Him and with others. But sometimes we find those relationships perplexing and honestly a little bit difficult to navigate. But God helps us by revealing His design for our relationships. And it's in understanding His design that we find clarity and comfort as we relate to an ever-widening circle of others in our life. Today we'll begin with our own relationship with God. Listen in. Ann Voskamp said, Without God's Word for a lens, the world warps. Now, nowhere is that more true than in our relationships. It's God's design, revealed to us in His Word, that has the potential to unwarp our sometimes misshapen relationships. It's His divine architecture that gives you and I a blueprint for building and maintaining godly relationships— the kind that bring glory to God and joy to us. Now, maybe it's a testament to how challenging this topic is that I have struggled for weeks and weeks to come up with a name for this series. First, I tried deciding where you stand as a woman. Now, I'll explain more about that one in a minute, but you can kind of see right away why that one didn't make the cut. Next up was a feminine point of view. But that, again, missed the mark because it makes us, as women, the focus of everything. And that isn't ever the way toward a solid scriptural understanding or application of God's Word to our life. But as I kept studying these relationships, I kept circling back to the fact that each of them could best be understood by the way God defined our position in relation to others, starting with himself and then moving outward to our spouse, our children, our extended family, our fellow believers, our neighbors, and those we encounter in the world at large. It's the words, those mostly short words, that provide the blue ink lines on God's blueprint for our relationships. So, in this series, we'll look at the small words that act like both molds and glue in our relationships. They're molds because they show us the divinely intended shape 
of our relationships. And they are glue because they actually provide the nuts and bolts that hold our relationships together. And in short, these words are called prepositions. And they draw the divine blueprints for our relationships. Now, maybe you're an English major and you recognize that a preposition is one of the parts of speech. And that's really the beauty in this. In our language, these little words predominantly um, show us how two things relate to one another. That's their role. These words define for us how we are related to others. They often tell us literally and simply where we stand in relation to the other person that's in that relationship with us. That's a lot of relating and relationship, isn't it? <laughs> well, remember the first title that I tried and then tossed out, deciding where you stand as a woman, it couldn't work because to begin with, not only does it sound like a little bit militant or whatever, <laughs> but it couldn't work because we are not the ones who decide where we stand. God has already decided that. In fact, you and I might say he's ordained it. And as he has given us um, this way of relating to himself and to others and told us these things, he's really given us if you will, a compass that points us toward true north in every relationship in our lives. And that compass has seven words written on it. And those words are all prepositions because prepositions are a divine shorthand, if you will, that tell us God's decision about where we stand, about how we relate to himself and to others. That's the job of a preposition. It defines relationships. So in this first episode, we're discovering the truth about our relationships as Christian women with God. And the word for today is before. Now, there are many truths about our relationship with God, but this one from Paul's beautiful, beautiful letter to the Ephesians paints a vivid picture of where we stand in our relationship with God. Now, I'm going to read just the first four verses of Ephesians 1, but I would encourage you to go ahead and read that first chapter of Ephesians 1. But I'm going to provide just the first four verses to remind us of our good God's good and beautiful plan. And we'll find our word for today in verse 4. This is Ephesians 1, 1 to 4. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Our word for today is before. We are before him. Now, if you've listened to the early episodes of this podcast, you're going to remember this truth from episode number two. 
That episode is called You Are Fully Known Yet Completely Loved. And we talked about this passage from Ephesians and many others, but I want you to, if you haven't listened to that episode, you might want to go back and hear it. But today, I want to help you reflect on what it means to be a Christian woman before your God. You know, you are constantly before his eyes, and just seeing you gives him joy. This is why he created you, to have a relationship. He offered you a family tie and a close friendship with him. In Zephaniah 3.17, we find this truth as told to the children of Israel, but it is no less true for you and I than it was for them. This is Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God in your midst, the Mighty One, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. You know, just as you loved watching your children and you took such joy in them, so God does with you. He loves seeing you thrive in spiritual growth and succeed in his purposes for your life. He enjoys watching you flex your spiritual muscles in learning the scriptures and figuring out how they can shape your thoughts and ultimately who you are in Christ. He loves beholding you as you're seeking to discover how his truth can shape your life and guide and direct you. He loves seeing you use your spiritual gifts and share his love and his truth with others. As your heavenly father, his watchful eyes follow you as the beloved child. He is the faithful father, always there to provide and protect, to guide and correct. In fact, how did David say it in Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's provision, isn't it? Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Mm. You are before him and you don't need to feel anxious or ashamed or insecure or withdrawn because God is watching. He's there to provide and protect. He's there to guide you, to guard you, to comfort you, and yes, to correct you. And he sees you just as you are, but he also sees you. And this, we forget this. We forget this so often. Our Heavenly Father sees us as we are, but he also sees us as we will be. He looks upon you as his child, beloved child, and he knows there's work to do in your character, in the way you think and the way you act. But he sees beyond that, and he has every intention that the good work he began in you, he will bring to completion. So remember that he sees you just as you are, but he also sees you as you will be. John tells us this in 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, 
because we shall see him as he is. You know, I've talked a lot about the fact that I started this podcast because I was coming up on a significant birthday event of actually, or anniversary, I guess is the term. I think of it as a birthday because I was born again. Uh, But when I was having my 50th birthday in Christ, 50 years, that's half a century of walking with him. And you know, I look back now to that person I was, and God has done so much work. Not that there is not so much left to do, but we see ourselves in the here and the now. And very often we have on our negative glasses <laughs> where all we're seeing are our our warts and our faults and our failures, right? That's what we see. But he sees us as we will be, as we will be in a year, in five years, in 50 years, and ultimately as we will be when we see Christ and immediately become like him because we will see him as he is. So do not despair and don't at all feel anxious about the fact that you are before him, that he sees you. I, I just want you to remember he's looking through eyes of love. You know, you are before him as a beloved child and as the happy recipient of his perfect love, which casts out any fear and every fear that you could have about your relationship with him. Because there is nothing in you that is beyond his grace, beyond the transformational power of his Holy Spirit who indwells you, of the word of God, which purifies and refines you, that educates your thoughts, that transforms the way you think, which then affects the way you feel and the way you act. None of it is beyond God's grace. I promise you, you are not the case that couldn't be cured. You are not the child that can't be brought up in Christ. That's not you. So he's looking at you as a beloved child. Now, maybe you had a stern or detached father, someone who was cold and distant or demanding and impossible to please. Well, oh, that every heavenly father were as good and kind and loving and helpful as our heavenly father. So I want to encourage you not to allow a negative experience from your past to rob you of the joyful experience of having God as your heavenly father. Don't worry about being before him, about being seen by him. Instead, I want to, I want to urge you to just let his loving gaze enfold you and trust him to act on everything he sees by protecting you, providing for you, guiding and correcting you all with a view to conforming you to the image of Jesus. Now, I want to close with the words to an old, old gospel hymn. It says this, Why should I feel discouraged and why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. 
Let not your heart be troubled. His tender word I hear. And resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears. Though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs give place to sighing, and when hope within me dies, I draw the closer to him. From care he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Father, what more can we say but thank you? I want to invite you to join me next week as we explore the one word that defines where we stand with our husbands. Until then, you'll find me on Instagram at Kelly J. Grace, and there are resources for you on my website at kellyjgrace.com. I will see you next time.